For the last couple weeks, I've been uh, talking about faith. The Holy Spirit seems to have me go along the line of faith here uh, last couple weeks. A uh, couple weeks ago, I first off talked about the life of faith, how faith is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle for the Christian. Last week, I talked about the test of faith, the test of faith, talking about the wilderness journey. Now, today, I want to talk about the race of faith, the race of faith. So let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, King James says patience, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, that word him has a capital H, it's still talking about Jesus. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Yesterday, I was, as I was writing this message, the message just came yesterday. All week, I was like, Lord, what, what's going on here? We, we got friends coming over. Lord, just give me the message quicker so I can get it done and out of the way and set it to the side. Come on, has anyone been here? You, Lord, do, have me do something before, you know, it's always in my plan, you know. L come in my time here wh while it's convenient for me. Amen. But it came yesterday, but everything worked out just fine. And it, it just became so evident. I've said this before, but sometimes the Holy Spirit just illuminates things inside your spirit, doesn't he? That our life on this earth as a Christian is a journey. The Word of God calls it a race. We as Christians are in a race on this earth. Now, let me tell you this. The only way that you're going to be able to lose this race on this earth is if you disqualify yourself. If you throw in the towel yourself. You see, here's the thing. God is not going to give up on you. He, won't, he will not give up on you. You need to just keep moving. And you've got to trust the Holy Ghost to kick you into overdrive. So, the only, so just settle it right now. We are our worst enemy. Amen? We know the devil can try to hinder but, but listen, ultimately, it's our will that gives in to the, to, and it just throws in the towel. We need to just keep moving forward. Amen? We're in a race. We are in a race, and we just need to simply keep moving forward and stay in fellowship with him. See, if you will do that, you will make it to the heavenly finish line victoriously. I can promise you that, and I'm going to talk more about this here. So, but like I said... Now, this is the good news. This is the good news about the New Testament. We're not in this on our own. We're not in this on our own. The Holy Ghost has been sent to live on the inside of us, to help us, to help us live that victorious life, to help us in the race of life. So when you're tired, when you feel like a failure, it's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you as a Christian that's telling you, get back up. Get back in the race. Get moving. That's the Holy Spirit. And it's the devil that's telling you to stay down. It's the devil that keeps trying to keep you into condemnation. Are you hearing me? Condemnation's from the devil. You're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. You're not going to be used by God. You're hopeless. That's condemnation. That's from the devil. And the Word says even your own heart can condemn, can condemn yourself. You're, you're, we're our worst enemy. Amen? But conviction, on the other hand, convictions from the Holy Spirit. Say you mess up, you do something. It's conviction when the Holy Spirit says to you and, uh, you know, points you back to the cross, points you back to Jesus. See? It, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. None. Are you hearing me? So what are your failures? What are your mistakes? Where do you think that God's not going to use you anymore? If you're a Christian, get rid of it. 
Get rid of those mindsets. Amen? God wants to use you. You need to get back in the race. you got to understand this. Our Heavenly Father is cheering us on in this race. He is for you, not against you. You can do it. Can you just hear him now? Can you hear the voice of the Spirit of God right now saying, You're going to make it. You're going to be all right. That's the Lord. That's the Holy Ghost speaking from heaven directly into your spirit, man, here on earth. He is your biggest fan. I know, listen, I know some of you maybe who, who have bad fathers and maybe not a father at all and, and, and all this stuff, and your concept of a father is totally kind of skewed. But I'll tell you right now, our Heavenly Father, don't, don't even try to compare him to an earthly father. Don't do it. I mean, there is no comparison there. Even the best father in the world on this earth does not compare to the grace and mercy and love that our Heavenly Father wants to pour out on us. Amen? Oh, he's a good God. So listen to me. The Holy Spirit is our coach. Without him, we all would quit this race. Let's just face it. Amen? We would throw in the towel. We'd get our tails kicked every which way but loose. Amen? But it's when we tap into the grace of God, we have the strength, the power, and the ability to stay in the race and to win the race. See, you gotta, you got to come with the mindset today. I know a lot of you are discouraged today, but you got to remember this. We're in it to win it. And I'll tell you right now, like I said, if you keep moving forward, oh, I'm telling you what, the devil knows he's lost. The only way you're going to let the enemy win in your life is just to throw in that towel and say, I give up and forsake Christ. Don't kid yourself. It's possible to forsake Christ. The Bible's very clear about that. This once saved, always saved junk, all it does is produces weak, spiritually weak Christians. Are you hearing me? Who won't tighten up their belt on holiness and wanting to live a life for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm serious. Amen? Hallelujah. But we as humans, we are weak. We are powerless to live the Christian life victoriously without the Holy Spirit, like I said, kicking us into overdrive. Oh, hallelujah. And it's by the grace of God we overcome sin and temptation. Let's see. Is it possible to live a sinless life? Sure it is. Well, why would God tell you not to sin? Well, see, this is the thing. It's, it's when we don't tap into the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit and we fall into the flesh and then we give in. But is it possible? Sure, it's possible. God wouldn't, hey, come on. God wouldn't ask us to do something that's not possible. Did I say you'll never sin? I didn't say that. But is it possible? If we were di- truly diligent, we could do it. I'm serious. Amen? So that's the secret to living a life that's pleasing to God. That's the secret of living a life that overcomes sin, the world, and the devil. Allowing the Holy Spirit to live through you and not relying on your own strength. Are you feeling weak today? Are you feeling like a failure? Do your plans always seem to fail? Oh, come on, I'm talking to someone here. Nothing seems to fall in place in your life. Everything that you seem you put, you put your hand to seems to just fall apart. This sounds like a rabbit trail, but I know I'm I'm talking to someone. This is the problem. You've been trying to live your life apart from the power, grace, and ability and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Now, if that's you today, I want to show you from the Word of God what you need to do to get back in the race. I want to show you how to get refreshed in this race of faith. Amen? Amen? Well, turn to Isaiah 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Hallelujah. Just nothing seems to go right. Nothing. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's the beautiful thing about God, our Heavenly Father. He tells us to do something. He does. Come on. The word command is not a bad word. There are commands in the Word of God, isn't there? But He's given us His Holy Spirit to carry them out. 
Don't try to do it in your own strength. It's, you're just gonna, you're gonna fail miserably, and then you're gonna fall into feelings of condemnation. Oh, I can't measure up. I can't do good enough. No, just tap into heaven's resources today. Amen? Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, never, uh, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. There you go, seniors. Grab on to this message here. <laughs> Just, okay, oh boy, I didn't get many laughs out of that. Whew. I'm not winning brownie points on that one. And the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is a powerful scripture. And it's interesting how Hebrews 12 talks about we're in the race of faith. This is a race. And now it's talking about what happens if you get weak. What happens if you're running along, you're starting to see stars, boy, and you're about ready to black out. You're getting burned out in the, walk, in the race. You're just getting burned out. What do you do? Well, verses 28 through 29 reveals to us that God neither faints nor is weary. You're saying, duh. Well, that's interesting because a lot of people don't even believe in the power of God. Are you hearing me? He neither faints nor is weary. And he shares, come on, what, what do you, why, why is that important to know that? Because he is willing to share that power, that strength, that ability with us, the Christians. That's the power of it. Now, I mean, oh, what glorious power that's made available to us through the Holy Spirit. I preached a message a couple, few weeks back called, When Heaven Touches Earth. Oh, my do you know, if you're a Christian today, you have a piece of heaven on the inside of you. The Bible says that we are citizens in heaven, not on earth. Think about it. You have a piece of heaven living on the inside of you. Amen? Now, so if God's power is available to us on earth as Christians, and he never gets weary or weak, then he must have enough power to give to every one of us in this place, every person on the face of this earth would you agree is that a fair statement absolutely so this then reveals to us that if we remain weak and weary then it's not god's fault the responsibility falls into our lap oh my i, I told you uh, one major difference from spirit-filled churches that i noticed from from ones that kind of reject the baptism reject the power of god oh god's power doesn't move today god's not healing god the gifts of the spirit there for yesterday not today i'm telling you right now one of the major dividing lines is that they don't put the emphasis on the believer's responsibility on this earth it's always oh if it's the will of god he'll do it if it's the will of god oh no oh no the bible is full of if and then statements uh you just you you study it out yourself so it falls into our lap what can we do then to draw his power and strengthen our lives what does the instruction book say because I'll tell you, the Bible is the instruction book. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Now, verse 31. Look at this. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, that's interesting because it tells us you can just pick out one word. It's interesting how the Holy Spirit just picks out words. Look at this. Those. You might want to underline the word those. Not everyone is doing it. Not everyone's going to tap into the power of God. Those will. Okay, well, let's move on. Those who what? Wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So those who wait on the Lord, in other words, those who are tired of being tired, those who are tired of being burned out, and those who recognize 
that what they are doing, a lot of things that they're putting their hands to are not profitable in their life. They're not profitable for the kingdom of God. I'm serious. This is the importance of finding the will of God out for your life personally. Because we can put our hands to a lot of things. I mean, I'm not anointed to be a singer. I can try to get up here and sing, but I'll tell you right now, it's not going to usher you into the presence of God. I can assure you of that. Are you hearing me? So those people are those who are disciplined enough to wait on the Lord. Those are those who are disciplined enough to wait on the Lord. Those who realize that what they've been doing, things, they've been doing things they're not called by God to do. How many of you know the Bible's full of instructions of just general things, what we're all supposed to do? We're all supposed to witness to people, amen? We can all go out and lay hands on the sick and watch them recover, amen? We can all go out and cast out devils, amen? We all have the authority in the name of Jesus to use his name, amen? But don't, don't even try to give me a microphone to sing. Don't do it. Your ears will not be happy. So listen. So it's those people are the ones who have been doing a lot of things they're not called to do. And they've been trying to push doors open instead of allowing God to open the doors. Instead of allowing God to make the divine appointments, we push them open. So, listen, waiting on the Lord is not some passive instruction. See, some can really go off the edge on that and say, well, okay, I, I don't know. So, so I, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to sit home. I'm not going to go and attend church for three months. I'm just going to sit at home. Give me a break. The Bible says don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. Are you hearing me? Don't go off on a tangent on me now. Amen. So, so some people can get a little kooky with things, all right? But no, waiting on the Lord means that you are continuing to be a doer of the word. You are still pursuing fellowship in your relationship with the Lord, but you're waiting on him to reveal the next step for your life. You're waiting on him for his plan, heaven's plan for your personal life and for your ministry. Now, I know what the fear is of doing this. I've been there, done that, bought a shirt there. You're afraid that you're going to miss the will of God for your life if you take your hand away from something. It's like, like you, know, you always got to be doing something. You got to be doing something, you know? But the fear is why people don't want to wait on the Lord is because they're afraid that they're going to miss the will of God. But let me tell you this. If you're remaining in fellowship by seeking God daily in prayer, reading and studying his word, making Jesus Christ the center of your life, the center of every decision, when God has a mission for you, you will know it. In fact, if you're doing stuff that's not even profitable for him, he's going to reward you for taking a step back in just spending time and just take a season to get to know him more and wait on him to give you the next direction for your life. Hey, and, and it's not even just ministry I'm talking about. I'm talking maybe for a business. Personal decisions. Are you hearing me? The Holy Ghost. I found out the Holy Ghost is practical. Uh, he's practical. He's not always just ministry-minded. Are you hearing me? He wants to lead you and guide you in every step of your life so you will become profitable. Oh, the Holy Ghost is in the place today. Amen? Hallelujah. I have been in that position many times, trying to push doors open, beat doors down of opportunity, and they failed miserably. I talked myself into, this is the will of God. No, it's the will of James. And we found that out in the past. But listen, listen, personally right now, I can honestly say that right now, since I've come to, come to Big Rapids, I'm in a season of my life and ministry, I can truly say that I'm not running ahead of the Holy Spirit, but I'm walking alongside him. I, can, I mean, there's just no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I don't care what someone comes and says to me. I, I, I can tell you. I know that I know I'm walking with the Holy Spirit and not running ahead of him. 
But let me tell you this. My waiting on the Lord was a period of three years. See, I, before I went to Ramah, I was, doing, I was doing ministry work. I was on the radio in Detroit on a station there uh, with a radio broadcast called Faith in Action. Uh, you know, I preach at church, kind of doing some associate work like that. But then God calls us out, and we went to Ramah for two years. Best, uh, best two years ministry-wise. Best two years of my life. But, you know, deep down, there, there's that, oh, God. You know, oh, I want to do ministry work. I want to do ministry work. I want to do ministry work. In fact, my, after my first year at Ramah, I came this close to, to leaving Ramah because I was so hungry to jump into ministry. And, and every, time, every time I'd contact or put my resume in somewhere, the Holy Spirit would just put that check and say, uh-uh, no, 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 that's, that's not of me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, how many of you know we can push doors of opportunity open? It would be miserable. So I stayed. So two years at Ramah, God called me away from really ministry work and, and for tra- get trained up and, and all that good stuff. And then when I graduated Ramah, we moved back to the home, hometown of uh, Lapeer, Michigan. And it was a whole year before I got this position. And I'll tell you, that year, like I said a couple weeks ago, it felt like five years. So my waiting on the Lord was a three-year period. Now, during that three years, of course, I'd witnessed to people and all that. But, you know, I, I was hungry. I, man, I, I got to preach the word. Oh, man, I, I got a pastor. I got I to gotta travel. I got to do. So, but that was James. Now, I believe those desires, you know, that was the Lord kind of preparing me for what he has and the season I'm in now to really get launched out, right? But three years, I mean, that was, that was a long three years. That was my waiting on the Lord. So waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that you're standing still spiritually, but on the contrary, you're making giant steps to get closer to, to God. You're, you're ceasing from your own works, the works of the flesh, the work, the work of man. Are you hearing me? Because there's a work of man and then there's a work of God. When you're led by the Holy Ghost, that's a work of God, and you're going to see fruit from it. Amen? Amen? I never would have seen fruit in my ministry if I would have, have left Ramah after the first year. I would have, I would have been miserable. I would have failed miserably. I would have been disappointed. Doors wouldn't have opened. And probably one way or another, God would call us back to Ramah, so I'd waste more time. Amen? So, so waiting on the Lord means that waiting on him for direction for your life, but you're, you're growing spiritually, leaps and bounds. You're growing in your relationship and walk with him. It's a beautiful thing. Maybe not while you're going through it, I'm, but it, it can be enjoyable. But you got to let go of the steering wheel of your life. Remember this, either God won't have his hand on the wheel with you. Either you're holding on to it and you're making the decisions or you let him drive. One or the other. Amen? Uh, I mean, I'd be pretty annoyed if I was trying to drive and Elizabeth's uh, trying to get her hands on the steering wheel at the same time. I'd say, woman, get over in the other seat. What are you doing? We're going to get in an accident here. Are you hearing me? Well, spiritually speaking, same thing. But so leaps and bounds spiritually, you're, you're just growing in the Lord, in the waiting on the Lord. But in the natural, God may ask you and require you to forsake things that you've been pushing and pursuing on your own, even if they seem good to you. See, that's why some churches, you know, there might be a great outreach that they're having. But maybe God didn't call them to do that. And there's no fruit in it. So you cut it off and people are like, what are you doing? My goodness, you know, I mean, this is a, well, maybe the Lord's directing that church and ministry into a different arena. Remember, we're all the body of Christ, all, every Christian on the face of this earth. Amen? Each of us, we don't play the same role. Everyone's not the foot. Hey man, can you imagine a foot walking here without a body? That would be pretty creepy, wouldn't it? Amen. Well, think about it in the spiritual. So God, the waiting on the Lord is when God calls you out for a season in prayer, Bible study, and preparing you for the launching of your purpose and calling on this earth. Uh, so I, be- I truly believe that there's someone here listening to me on the radio right now, listening to me on the internet, that this, this message is cutting right to the heart, that the Holy Spirit is speaking directly to you. 
And you've been burned out, weak, powerless, and ready to give up because you've been running ahead of the Holy Spirit and not walking alongside him, not laboring together with him. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says we are supposed to be laborers together. Say together. together. With him. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Lord is beckoning those individuals to wait on him for direction. Wait on him for his power to strengthen you for the mission. Now, Isaiah 40, 31, again, going back to that, God promises those who wait on him and those who rely on him, those who put enough value on getting heaven's plan for your life, that they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. All right, now, one key here. Patience, as the King James, King James Version says, or endurance, as the New King James says, is a key element that you need to possess in the race of faith. Uh, I'm thinking about Bugs Bunny right now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> I love the Looney Tunes. I mean, even once in a while, I'll turn it on now, all right? But anyways, remember when Bugs Bunny and... This other, the turtle, that's what it was. They're in a race, and, and Bugs Bunny, boy, he was just running ahead, and then he would just kind of, you know, act real arrogant and all this, and the turtle just keeps plugging along. And guess who won the race? The turtle. You got to just keep on moving. It, I'm telling you, it don't matter how fast, just keep on moving. Keep on moving with God. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go to Hebrews 10. Oh, Looney Tunes. <laughs> That's about the only clean thing that Warner Brothers puts out. The rest is a bunch of crap. Now, amen. Promoting devil, the devil stuff. Come on. It's the truth. Hebrews 10, uh, 32 through 36. But recall, say recall, the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were, who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains, and joyfully accepted, say joyfully accepted, the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, King James says patience, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Verses 32 through 34, the Holy Spirit is encouraging believers discouraged believers to look back at past trials, to look back at past tribulations that they went through for the sake of the gospel, and how they at one time joyfully received the tribulation and trials for the gospel's sake. I find that pretty awesome. Why did they do it? Because they had their eyes focused on the finish line of heaven. Evidently, some believers here, the writer of Hebrews, the Holy Ghost, obviously used the writer in Hebrews, in saying, hey, look, I know you're discouraged, but look back. Look back at, at one time when you held on to the first love of Jesus Christ. That you received these tribulations joyfully. Because you knew they weren't in vain. You kept your eyes on the prize. Because like I said, the, the, the Bible says that our citizenship as Christians is in heaven. So we need to keep our head up. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. And it's so easy to forget about the faithfulness of God in the midst of a new trial. Isn't it? Isn't it? It is. My goodness, I mean, none of us are immune from that. N amen? None of us. 
It's so easy to forget about the faithfulness of God. But go back in your life personally and remember the times when God helped you. And I want to ask you, why would you start to doubt him now? See, there are times when we got to just take, we just got to take a look back. When we're going through a present trial and tribulation, you just take a look back and look at the faithfulness of God. How he has never left you nor forsake you. And the Holy Ghost was tapping on their shoulder. The coach, the coach was saying, come on, stay in the race. Hang in there. You're going to win it. You're going to receive that prize, but just keep moving. And sometimes to keep moving, you've got to look back. So many teachings on, you know, oh, don't look back, don't look. No, it's okay to look back to the faithfulness of God. In fact, he encourages you to do it. And why would he fail you now? You see, it takes an act of our will to remember, to draw strength and to comfort ourselves in the trial. To comfort ourselves with the faithfulness of God from past trials. Because you will either do that or you will fall into fear, you'll fall into discouragement. And my friend, it's up to you. That's why the Bible says that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Have you ever been in a place where no one else has given you encouragement? You feel like the only man on the pole. And I'm preaching to myself right now. I'll tell you that right now. Amen. Have there been times? Encourage yourself in the Lord. You can be your worst enemy, but I'll tell you right now, you can also be your best fan. And that wasn't even in my notes. The Holy Ghost just spoke that to me. <laughs> Amen? You can. So it's your choice. It's an act of your will. Are you going to look back and remember and draw strength on the faithfulness of God? Or are you just going to have a pity party for yourself? That's why the Word of God and the Holy Spirit lovingly reminds us to remember how God has never left you in the past, and He's not going to do it now. Let your, take your hands off of things that aren't profitable, things that you know that you ought not to be, things that God hasn't called you to do. Just take your hands off the wheel. God will reward you. He will bless you for taking a step back and say, God, I want your plan. I want your plan. I've been trying to figure this thing out on my own. Amen? We have all been there. We have all been there. Now, verse 35, the Word of God says not to cast away your confidence, which has great, the King James says I like, recompense of reward. Your payday is going to come. It's going to come. But don't cast away your faith. God has not forsaken you in this trial. God has not forsaken you in this stone, storm. He's still in the boat. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw in the towel. Verse 36, for you have need of endurance or patience so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. This verse reveals to us as Christians that we need endurance and patience to receive the promise. In other words, your blessing and benefits may not come immediately. You, 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 someone's treating you horribly and you're walking in forgiveness toward that person. You're doing what you're supposed to do. But they're still treating you terribly. You, there's a, no, it says you have need of patience. Continue doing the will of God. Just continue doing, doing your part. Do what God tells you to do. Don't always be looking around the corner for your, for your little surprise. You know, we're like little kids sometimes, you know, coming out. Where, where's the surprise? You know, oh, I want, oh, I want to do this if I'm going to get a surprise. Well, you know what? You're going to get the reward, but it may not come immediately. I'll just tell you that right now. Amen? We want them immediately, but it doesn't always happen that way. Now, the question is this, do you put enough value on the will of God for your life to endure the trials? Do you put enough value on the cross? Do you put enough value in what Jesus has done? It, shouldn't that be enough motivation to hang in there? 
Shouldn't that be enough motivation? But no, we always want the gift. Ha-ha! And by the way, I, I did not put this up there. I was not going to use this. I just seen it there. I wouldn't want this anyways, all right? But I'm saying, we always want the gift. I'm glad people on the radio can't see me right now. They will on DVD. But anyways... Uh, but listen, this verse is not only talking about receiving blessings on this earth, but it's also talking about the ultimate reward. And what is that ultimate reward? Of when you hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh, trust me, I, I know, I know. If you're in the flesh right now, that doesn't really mean a hill of beans to you. Let's face it, Really? Uh, come on, have you ever been in the flesh and you hear a preacher say that verse and, you know, he's expecting you to get all excited and stuff? But you're, you're in the flesh and, and, you know, you hear that and you think, oh, yeah, okay, I'd rather have my bank account full. Amen? How many of you are honest enough to admit that? I am. I, I was like, come on, I want something here on this earth. But I'll tell you right now, no, that's going to be the ultimate reward of hearing Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. All right, I'm getting ready to finish up. Finish up. Keep those eyes open for me. I got some toothpicks here if we need to keep some open. Oh, just, I'm not picking on anyone. I didn't see anyone sleep. All right, go to Hebrews 12. I'm a joker, all right? It's okay for a preacher to joke around, right? All right, good, good, good. Thank you very much. All right. Now, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Let, I, I read it at first, and let's just read it again. I just want to give you just some quick points, and I'm done. All right. It says this. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and, sin, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance or patience, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls or in your mind it's talking about. Now, this scripture gives us some very important keys that we need to know, that we need to take hold of if we're going to finish the race of faith victoriously. Number one, we need to lay aside every weight. Now, I find it very interesting that the Word of God makes a distinction in this verse, in this passage, between weights and sin. You see, a weight won't, nece won't necessarily stop you from going to the finish line, right? But it will slow you down. It will slow you down. Weights are those things which aren't necessarily sin, but it just isn't profitable for you in your walk with the Lord. It's not helping you. Are you hearing me? It's not promoting spiritual growth. Uh, these things, like I said, slow you down and hinder you in the race of faith. And listen to this. I, I felt led to write this down. Sometimes a weight can be, a, can be certain individuals that you let into your inner circle who ought not to be given that place. Are you hearing me? Yes, a weight can be individuals in your life. Now, number two, it says lay aside every sin which so easily ensnares us. The Word of God says right there that sin will ensnare us. What does that mean? It's a trap. It will trip you up. And it will cause you to get out of the race. Are you hearing me? The weight slows you down. Prove it. I'll, 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 I'll give you something heavy and I'll have you go run. You'll still be able to move forward, right? But it'll just slow you down pretty good. But here it says sin is, it will ensnare us. It will trip you up and actually stop you in the race. In fact, it won't even just stop you. It'll make you go back. Backslide. You ever hear the term backsliding? Backslide. So you need to pick yourself up, confess the sin in your life, repent, 
Get back on the right road. Get on, the ra- get on with the race. If you mess up, confess it immediately and put it under the blood. Amen? Thank God that he makes a provision for that in 1 John 1, 9. Amen? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I'm telling you, there's no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Amen? The word condemn, if a building's condemned, what does that mean? It means it's no good anymore. It's not good for anything. You can't use it anymore. Well, that's not true in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we have, oh, hallelujah, we have the Holy Ghost living in this building. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. And then it says, run the race with endurance or patience while, say while, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, normally, I, I would not encourage someone in a natural race to, to not look at, at where you're going ahead of you. Amen? But in the heavenly race, we are, we are to look unto Jesus. What, whatever you're looking at, at that's the direction you're going to go. Come on, if I'm driving on the road and, and, and I see a deer over on the side... You better believe, if I keep staring at that deer, I'm going to start drifting. What, what do you have your eyes on? What are, you, what are you looking at today? Amen? What are you looking at today? Is it Jesus or are you looking at, at that temptation of sin? Come on, you keep looking at it, you're going to go in that direction. Amen? Hallelujah. So keep your eyes on Jesus. If you stick close to him, that thing that he has begun in your life, the Bible says he will finish it. He will finish it. What's our part? Stay close to him. Stay connected to the, to the vine. Abide in Christ, John chapter 15, it says. Right? Because he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you're just going to shrivel up. It's Jesus that we draw our life from. Amen? Hallelujah. And then it says, consider the trials and tribulations that Jesus endured on this earth. Yet he remained obedient unto his heavenly Father. Draw strength from the Master. Knowing that whatever trial that we come up against, the power of the Holy Spirit is well able to keep us from falling if we will only tap into heaven's resources. Amen? And at the end of your life, you can confidently say this with the Apostle Paul, what he said in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He said this. He knew his time of departure was done. He, he, he knew that he was getting close to the end of his life. And this is beautiful. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Stay in the race. Keep moving forward with God. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Keep the faith. And then, like I said, when you walk into the glory of heaven one day, you will see Jesus waiting there with open arms saying, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. How many of you want to hear that? Stay in the race and keep moving forward. Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the race, the race that's set before us is great. The reward is great. The joy of remaining in the race. And that joy will only come when we keep our eyes on Jesus. The Bible says that we are to count it a privilege to suffer reproach for the gospel's sake. Why? Why do we always try to avoid it? Because we want the praises of men more than the praises of God. And that's just the truth. The hard truth, isn't it? If that's you, just confess it to God today. Say, Father, I have been wanting the praises of of people more than you, and I am sorry. It has hindered me. It's been a a weight. Oh, my. That thing has even tripped me up. Just confess it to him right now. Now, maybe there's someone you're hearing this, and you're saying, you know, I'm not even in the race. I'm not in the family of God. In fact, I'm on my way to hell. Friend, you, do, you can change. You can make a detour right now. It's a holy detour. And it only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
If you're in this place and you have never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. Why does the word say that? Because when your heart's being pricked, don't shut down the Holy Ghost and what he's pulling you. He's tugging on your heart. Don't do it because the fact is this. You could walk out of here today. You could get in a car accident and your life is over. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. That's it. Once you take your last breath, it's over. Done. Game over. It's hell for eternity without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today, if you want to be born again, if you want a new birthday, if you want to know that you know, if you took your last breath right now, you're on your way to heaven. You're on your way to the King of kings and Lord of lords for eternity. If that's you, come to this altar. Quit playing games with God. Quit playing Russian roulette with your life. Quit it. Get up here and make Jesus Lord of your life. Amen. Now maybe there's some Christians in here. You, you've been, you fell out of the race and you disqualified yourself. You threw in the towel, you've forsaken Christ. But today you want to come back. You want to get back in the race. Oh, you can sign up again. Oh, hallelujah, there's room for you on that track. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, if you want to get serious with the Lord today, I want you to come forward and, and I want to pray with you. Let's just cut, let's cut through the religious garbage. Are you hearing me? Let's cut through the junk and let's get to the heart of the matter right now. I'm serious. This is one of the things a lot of people don't like about me. That, that I don't sugarcoat things. Well, I, I don't care. God doesn't either. Are you hearing me? And we're talking about people. I'll be with you in a I'm talking about people's eternity. If you don't know that you know if you were to die right now, I don't care if you said the sinner's prayer. I don't care if you got water baptized as an infant. I don't care if you peed in the baptismal tank when you were a child. I'm Are you hearing me? If you don't know that you know that you would go to heaven if you died right now, you need to be up here right now. That's just, that's just a simple truth. Amen? Maybe there's someone you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. The Holy Spirit baptism, it's not a salvation matter. You will go to heaven without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You will go to heaven if, you don't, if you're not a tongue talker. Are you hearing me? You will. But I'll tell you this right now. God put that in his word and made it available not for you to turn it away. Amen? Why would you want to pass up everything that God has for you? I say it's foolish. And I say drop your religious mindsets and get up here and receive the Holy Spirit baptism and the fullness of every, that God has for you. Amen? Maybe there's someone in I, I feel a boldness in the Holy Ghost today about this. Maybe there's someone, you have a physical infirmity in your body. You need a healing. You need an emotional healing. You're being tormented by the devil. You need to come up to this altar right now. I'll tell you right now, you need to come up because I'm feeling a boldness right now. A boldness. I'm feeling the anointing of the Holy Ghost up here. The rest of you, you can come up to the altar and worship the Lord. You can worship Him there. But I'm serious, people. Get right with God. Get in line with Him. Get serious in the race. Amen. And get your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Eternal life you gave So we will bring a song of
Someone in here who didn't respond to the salvation call. You need to come forward. You need to obey the Holy Spirit. I tell you right now, I wouldn't want to be the one turning away the Holy Ghost. He wants you to become a child of God. For it's the will of God that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All shall come to repentance. But Father, today we thank you for what you have done. I pray that the word that has been spoken would be engrafted, molded on the hearts of the hearers. 
that Lord that any time that they feel like throwing in the towel when discouragement when doubt when the enemy tries to come God I pray that this message would be illuminated that the coach oh the Holy coach <laughs> the Holy Ghost would rise up tell them to get back in the race you're gonna make it you're gonna make it you're gonna make it you're gonna make it to the finish line just keep moving just keep moving don't give up don't question who I am I hear the Holy Spirit don't don't question who I am I hear the Holy Spirit saying that don't question who I am I am more than enough to get you to that finish line I am more than enough oh hallelujah I am more than enough to put you over into victory in this life I am more than enough to lead you into that divine power. Oh, to walk in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I am more than enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. of God, the unmerited favor, what we couldn't earn, what we, what we couldn't even earn, He willingly gives freely through the, His Son, Jesus Christ, as we stay connected to the vine, as we draw from His life, and we forsake our own, are you hearing me? We forsake our own way, and we take, take up His way, we pick up His plans. We pick up his road map for our lives. That's the secret of success. Finding out where you're supposed to be and doing it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. some praise today hallelujah thank you Lord oh what an awesome presence of the Lord I sensed his presence when I walked into the building the first thing this morning I knew I knew is a word from the Holy Ghost amen he is good amen all the time come back Wednesday training center still going on being that we have friends here Wayne's doing the whole two-hour class uh, come back Wednesday 7 o'clock, continuing the video series with Rodney Howard Brown, getting to know the person or knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to know the Holy Spirit more? Amen. Well, doggone it, come on out for crying out loud. Why haven't we seen you out here then? Amen. <laughs> come back. Uh, is the movie night Friday? What's this? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Never mind. Come back on Sunday. Amen. Amen. Go out, be blessed. Hallelujah. Find his plan for your life. <laughs>